Welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, good morning again. It's wonderful to be here with you. Um, It's a real privilege to have our first fall retreat together um, at Pohick Bay. And hopefully I'm talking loud enough that you in the back can hear me. So if you're listening on the recording, I'm only yelling because we're outside. This this time together uh, of worship is the culmination of a weekend retreat. Um, And thank you for all the different ways that many of you have contributed to the retreat, whether it's overseeing a meal, helping wash dishes, helping each other set up campsites, um, making sure the kids don't hurt themselves on the playground, uh, all the ways that all of you have contributed to a really great communal experience of of worship and fellowship. Um, It really felt like being able to do life together this weekend. Uh, and it was a real joy to be a part of. And so this morning, as we uh, are in this text together, we are in the last reading of the book of Romans um, that we have been in for the summer. And next week, we'll be in different Old Testament passages. Uh, in the next several weeks, we'll be in the Old Testament together through our lectionary. But let me pray for us as we get into Romans 14 together. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have filled the world with beauty. Open our eyes to behold your gracious hand in all your works, that rejoicing in your whole creation, we may learn to serve you with gladness for the sake of him through whom all things were made. Your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I don't normally do this, but we're among friends, and we're retreating, so... I'm going to do something a little different this morning. I want to ask you a question. Have you turned to a, to a neighbor and, and asked this, this question? What habits or rhythms really feed you in your growth with Christ? You can pick one. You can take a couple. But I want to leave about three minutes to discuss this. Turn to somebody next to you and, or behind you and, and just say, what, what is a habit or what is a rhythm that feeds you in your relationship with Christ? All right, finish up your discussions. All right, well, hopefully you learned something that either uh, you might incorporate into your own prayer life or something that uh, helps you appreciate somebody else a little bit more. But as we come together, I was thinking about this this week of something that's kind of unique to me. Uh, You know, what have I told you that one thing that really gives me delight is uh lighting incense in my basement um and because my office is in my basement and and one of the things that i love then is to do my administrative tasks because it helps me to like understand that even my admin tasks are prayer uh and so or it it could be prayer and and so i love to bask in the waft of that cloud of incense And, and not only that what have I told you this morning? Well, if you really want to grow in Christ, if you really want to grow in the Lord, you also need to go buy a little at-home incense burner, find your favorite prayer incense, 
and you need to start doing that too. Um, I know that some of you here would probably say, awesome, let's start right now. (laughs) Some of you would probably be scratching your head and, and wondering why I'm making such a big deal out of one specific thing. Some of you are totally triggered because you had a bad experience in a church that used incense. And some of you probably feel lost because you might be allergic to incense. You're like, well, what do I do now? And so the fact is, whether I'm right or wrong doesn't matter. Uh, I have taken an idea at that point that the Bible doesn't explicitly prescribe as a command, and then I have imposed it upon every single person in the space. In the church, uh, when we think about the church and the ways that we come to Christ with our own unique stories, we are often wanting to have people change at a rate way faster than, than God wants to change them. Uh, without taking into consideration the complexities of their individual stories, their individual journeys. And so we need to have this ability to hold space for other people to follow Jesus at their own pace and not ours. Again, whether I'm right or wrong about that is irrelevant in this case. I I don't think I'm right about that. Um, I think incense is wonderful, but I'm not prescribing it for every person. But... The point is, whether I'm right or wrong doesn't matter. Can I hold space for somebody to grow at their own pace with Jesus? Paul uh, presents us with that idea this morning. There are two approaches to walking with Jesus that you find present at the church in Rome at the time because they're both within the realm of orthodoxy. So he's he's not worried that one of these people is trying to say, you gotta do my way to follow Jesus. What he's afraid of is somebody saying, my way of following Jesus is superior to yours. And if you would just mature a little bit more, you would see things the way that I do. And so he's encouraging one group to hold space for the other group in the same church. What he's encouraging them to do and what I think God is is encouraging us to do is to build a loving community where we can hold space for each other to flourish at God's pace not at our pace. Hold space for people to flourish at God's pace, not necessarily ours. So that means we need to embrace the slowness of growth in Christ. And the way that we do that is to recognize that God cares about all parts of our life. So we have to have a personal integrity in the ways that we follow Jesus each individually. We shouldn't follow Jesus in a certain way just to please other people in the church. There needs to be an integrity to ourselves. In St. Paul's context, there are two ways that people are entering into the body of Christ. So it's a little unique to our situation, but or different than our situation. But if you've grown up all your life eating certain foods, avoiding certain foods, fasting on particular days, celebrating certain festivals, uh, and certain days, then after coming to Christ, it, it would make sense that you would still do a lot of those things because for you, they're just cultural. It's just what everybody does. Um, and so you're not saying these are the ways that you merit salvation, but you might be saying these are the ways that I am growing in Christ <clears throat> and others in the church at Rome, they grew up eating pork. They grew up celebrating different kinds of festivals drinking alcohol, uh, 
all sorts of things. Not excessively necessarily, but some groups didn't, some groups did. And as those two groups are coming into the church together, what you find is a clash of culture. And the two cultures that we see here, one is saying the world around us is pagan. It's corrupt. And for most of them, the appropriate thing to do is to keep it at arm's length, to avoid it at all costs. Um, and that means avoiding eating meats uh, so that they, um, and if that means avoiding eating certain meats, then I'm going to do that because I need to put a large barrier around what it means to be holy. And so I don't even get close to being unholy. For the other group, it's kind of like as they were coming in from a pagan culture, and into Christ, they were saying, you know what, the world around us now truly belongs to us. All these things that we used to do have been redeemed by Jesus. They have a new meaning. And so we can take and we can eat to the glory of God. And so eating meat, drinking alcohol, that's all good for them because it belongs to the Lord. So whatever they do, they do it unto the Lord. They know holiness isn't about eating and drinking, but it's about carrying on in a lifestyle that is quite differently, uh, quite different than they were living when they were pagan uh, and looks quite different than their pagan neighbors now. So adding more rules about eating or drinking for them doesn't necessarily feel like it's making them more holy. And again, in both these cases, it's not an issue of orthodoxy. Uh, we're not saying one is right faith, wrong faith. This is like different than talking about the Trinity, for example. Um, <clears throat> It's about what Christ, what God uses to build us up in Christ. And so Paul's concern is not whether here one group and approach is right, one group and approach is wrong, but if one group can have the maturity to hold space for the other group and their way of thinking. So unity doesn't always equal uniformity um, on non-essential things, but can you hold space for people to grow in Christ at their own pace and at God's pace? What St. Paul is addressing is a category of issues, um, and I'll teach you a fun seminary word called adiaphora. Adiaphora. Anybody, has anybody heard that word before? All right, a few of you. Adiaphora. Things indifferent. Um, these, these are issues that are not necessarily commanded in Scripture, um, and they're not forbidden by Scripture. And, and what's interesting here is that some of the aspects of following Christ would be under this category of adiaphora, things indifferent. But that doesn't mean that God's indifferent to uh, any aspect of our life and our journey with him. Um, it doesn't mean that things don't matter, but that there is room for multiple opinions as people are working out what it means to follow Jesus in community. All of life matters to God. And so this is why in verse 6, St. Paul says, the one who observes the day, observes it in honor to the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God. While one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and he gives thanks to God. All of life, whatever choice you make with your own personal integrity, is li lived under God's watchful eye to his glory. And so I think that means a couple of things. First, what it means is that... <clears throat> We need to have personal integrity for how we're following Jesus. Do we give thought to that and intention? Figure out how you incorporate the church's uh, prayer life into yours. 
whatever you choose, be consistent. Whatever you do, it's, um, you know, whether it's deciding to pray from a certain prayer book uh, version or, or doing the offices on certain days or a shorter version of the offices on certain days, what days you choose to fast, consistency is really important. So take, take in time and intention, build out a plan, but consistency is important. Um, and then don't necessarily what make what is, um, what is consistent for you an obligation for other people. So when I think of meal times, I think, you know, of all the times we give thanks to the Lord before our meal. Um, and I've been to several of your houses to have dinner. And there's all kinds of ways that people pray before a meal. Uh, and so some of you have a prayer memorized. Some of you sing your prayers. Some of you cross yourselves uh, during your prayers. Some of you don't. In our house, we don't usually hold hands because I cross myself. And so I, you know, I don't want to do the like hold hands, cross, hold hands again. Um, but when I go to people's homes, they often hold hands. And I love that too. And, and so I have to fight the impulse to like make the sign of the cross because what's more important in that moment is participating in prayer with my brothers and sisters in Christ at the rate that they have, have set up in their own lives. And that's really important. So I don't pull my hand away in order to make the sign of the cross. I keep holding their hands and I love the ways that they're approaching the Lord and that they've set up rhythms for themselves. That's something that we would put in the category of things indifferent, adiaphora. Um, but these are things that we ought to still give attention to. It's not about being right. It's about holding space for other people to flourish in their relationship with Jesus because all of our lives are lived before God. And the other truth that comes from this passage is that God um, cares about all of life, even those adiaphora parts. Recently, I was, I was blessed to celebrate a home blessing uh, with a household in the church. And in that house blessing liturgy, we begin in the living room together. And then it's a Eucharist liturgy. And so where we would do the prayers of the people, we walk through each room together and we pray for every single room. And I'll sprinkle holy water in each room. And, and we pray specific prayers for different rooms of the home. And then we end that time by celebrating the Eucharist together in the living room. And each time I do this without fail, it kind of is like, well, what do we do with the bathroom? <laughs> do we pray for the bathroom? Do we walk past it? Do we just sprinkle it? You know, what do we do with the bathroom? Everybody knows what happens in the bathroom. Um, do we pray for it or not? And it's partly to get the kids listening here. So, um, but honestly, God made our bodies, right? God made all of us and he, and he loves us uh, as we are made and what we can do with our bodies. And so awkward as it is, all of life is done before God. And so you might know this, but there's actually a really beautiful Jewish prayer um, called the Asher Yatsar, uh, which is functionally a prayer of blessing after going to the bathroom. Uh, and so I'll read that for you. Um, it's, it's far more detailed than the house blessing prayer. But it says, Blessed are you, O Lord God, King of the universe, who fashioned humankind with wisdom and created within the body many openings and hollows. 
It is revealed and known before the, before the throne of your glory that if one of them were ruptured or if one of them were stopped up, it would be impossible to exist and stand before you even for a moment. Blessed are you, God, the healer of all flesh and the one who does wonders. So even down to the most um, incarnational parts of our, our lives, um, God is still a worker of wonders, right? And so all of life is lived before God. There's nothing that is outside of his watchful eye. And so we give intention to the ways that we pray through the adiaphora of our lives. And, and that is a prayer that I would love to have in my bathroom. Um, and if you want the Hebrew of that prayer, I can send it to you. I love being an advisor on Hebrew tattoos, things like that. I'm happy to give you the correct Hebrew for that prayer. Um, but my point here is not just to keep the kids listening, though I hope that that did happen. Um, my point is that God cares about all of the things that feel really trivial throughout our days. Who are you having conversations with today? Who did you prioritize on your calendar this week? Have you kept up your personal rhythms of prayer and devotion? Have you eaten freezer meals all week? Have you cooked? Have you shared the table with somebody? Have you prepared a meal or eaten out? What did you ponder while making kids lunches for school? How did you prepare for going to bed? Did you make your bed? Did you not? Was there intention behind that? Have you taken a nap this week? These are all decisions of adiaphora, right? Things indifferent. But the question is really, how have you seen God's glory in the adiaphora? These things indifferent. Have we given time and attention to the ways that, that our life is being composed as one big integrated whole? So like when you think of a symphony, for example, it would be really strange if each instrument had 30 seconds to play their own solo uh, for a portion of different songs. That wouldn't be a cohesive unit that would feel really strange. The point of having multiple instruments uh, and people is to integrate them into something cohesive and beautiful into a unity. Even though people are doing different things, they're doing them together. Each instrument has a part to play in this cohesive whole. And so having integrity and following Jesus means that we are taking all the disparate parts of life and we are bringing them into the cohesion of a beautiful symphony to play a beautiful song to God's glory. And so your song is going to look different than somebody else's song. And that is a good thing. Not all symphonies should play the same songs in the same genres. So verses 10 through 12 then warn us against legalistically judging one another. Legalism often happens when I think that the extra, extra biblical, so things not in the Bible, prescribed by the Bible, um, that I hold to must be the standard for everybody. We don't judge spirituality by how many of you bring a Bible to church, how emotive you are during the music, whether or not you spoke in tongues during prayer. I think our church, perhaps we could think about those who might kiss icons, who think about them as a sacramental window to the image of God, and those who just see them as art and would be really uncomfortable calling them icons. Or another in our church might be those who pray the rosary versus those who use an orthodox prayer rope versus those who say, I don't really need any physical aids for my prayer. 
people who eat meat on Fridays, people who don't eat meat on Fridays, um, even down to the different parenting philosophies each of you might hold to, where to send your kids to school. People are in different places because each of us has a unique story and each of us is following Christ at a different pace. And so the point is not whether you kiss the icon or not. The point is not whether you pray the rosary or not. But the point is whether or not by the Holy Spirit, you are integrating your life to God's glorious narrative. And so is your story becoming a cohesive story of God's grace in all of its parts? We're to encourage one another to keep telling God's story in our own unique ways as a community of grace. Um, and we're to be, to be a representative, a diverse representation of God's kingdom. We need to integrate all of life, even those parts that feel indifferent, into a cohesive story of God's grace. And so let us press on loving one another and let's hold space for each other to, to allow each other to flourish at God's pace and the uniqueness of our own story and our journey as we encourage one another to keep telling the story of God's grace in the way that he's called us to in our unique giftings and stories. Let me pray for us. Glorious and Holy Father, please give us the intellect to understand you, reason to discern you, diligence to seek you, and wisdom to find you, a spirit to know you, a heart to meditate upon you, ears to hear you, eyes to see you, a tongue to proclaim you, a way of life pleasing to you, patience to wait for you, and perseverance to look for you. Grant us a perfect end in your holy presence, a blessed resurrection, and life everlasting. Amen.